So I just, I worked like I had the job I wanted. And that's kind of one of my sayings and work like you have the job you want. Today on the podcast, we get the opportunity to speak with the current associate coach for the women's basketball team at Louisville, Coach Janisha Pineda. Coach Pineda started her collegiate career playing in Georgia Southwestern State University. Following her career, she moved on to various roles at Georgia Tech for six years, which helped her land her assistant and then associate positions at Louisville, where she currently serves. She has helped Louisville win two conference regular season championships, four trips to the Elite Eight, and a run to the Final Four in her four years at Louisville. Please welcome Coach Janisha Pineda. Video analysis is expensive, and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angles product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and Synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences, such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A-10, or even the NBC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old companies. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email and be sure to mention if you are a rising coaches member or the rising coaches podcast do more spend less with fulcrum tech welcome welcome everyone to another episode of the rising coaches podcast i'm your host doug caputo alongside alan major and today on the podcast we are speaking with the current associate women's basketball coach at Louisville, Coach Jonisha Pineda. Coach Pineda, what's going on? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Super, super excited. Yeah, likewise. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always, always, like I said, we're always interested in learning more. So it's definitely great to be able to hear your story. Uh, and, and that's what we're going to kind of get into. So to give you an idea of, of how this show is going to go, we're going to talk about your story, talk about your journey, talk about your coaching experiences to get to where you are now. Uh, and then ultimately, one thing that I noticed very particular with you is you you were in a role, and I won't get too in-depth in it yet, but you were in a role and you grew in that role to excel into more roles at the same school. So one thing we really want to talk on is really growing in a role and, and doing the best you can in that role. That's what we'll get to for our second half, to be able to move up in the ranks. Um, and then towards the end, we'll get to a final segment we like to call our three quick hitters, basically gives everybody a way of learning who you are as a person. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Kind of drop basketball and just talk kind of. Yeah, we go, we, we'll go family feud on you real quick at the end. So. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> 30 seconds up on the hot seat. I'm ready. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, getting back into your journey. So you ultimately played at Georgia Southwestern State University. Uh, talk about your experiences, one, as a player, and just maybe some things that you learned playing at that level. Awesome. So, yep, Georgia Southwestern, graduated from there. But crazy story, and I use this as recruiting as I go into this. I, I was a transfer kid, right? So mm. I went to Queens University in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. And I'm the first of my family to go to college. So had to learn, okay, how to apply, what to do, 
went down, tried out. Am I getting a scholarship? I got partial. Thought mm-hmm. that that was the biggest mistake that I didn't I didn't understand that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. get down there. Boom. They're telling me, oh, how are you going to pay for the rest? Yeah. I don't know. Like, Good question. <laughs> Good question. So that was ooh, that was the start of a journey. Had to figure that out. But one thing I mm-hmm. knew that I always did, I always betted on myself. I knew what I was going to be able to earn there because I knew how I worked and what my plan was. So I said, okay. Went there, took out a loan, played well, ended up starting a little bit. Okay, career, liked the school. Academics was great. I'm, I was smart, but I did not want a high academic institution. Mm-hmm. Worked at Georgia Tech. So, hey, how did I end up there? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, did that for a year. I ended up transferring, left, went JUCO, JUCO All-American, boom, transferred there, ended up at Georgia Southwestern, and great experience. I wanted to be closer to home, had some low D major opportunities, but mm-hmm. I knew in order for my mother to come see me play, I had six si- sisters and brothers. Like that was wow. the best location, right? No. I was, I'm the oldest of six. So like she could get in the car, they could drive and come see me. So that was mm-hmm. a no brainer to me, but you know, playing division two basketball, you know, I think even Juco basketball, let me rewind. A lot of people don't understand a lot of really good players play Juco, play division two. Not because, you know, you don't go to Division two because you're not skilled enough. Sometimes it could be academics, family mm-hmm. situation, just different circumstances in your life. Yeah, yeah. So I were able to meet, I was able to meet some of my really, really, really good close friends to this day at uh, Georgia Southwestern, um, just best friends, uh, young women that I call my sisters. And um, the coaches that I had, they were really good. I challenged them a lot because I was one of those players that, I need to know why. I thought I knew a lot too much. I was a coach already. (laughs) But it was a great experience for me. Um, Got to learn just a lot about the game. Got to learn a lot about just appreciating things that Mm -hmm. I think these young people don't appreciate to this day. So great experience. I wouldn't change it for the world because it's made me who I am. You know, uh, I I love that you said the transfer part because – Obviously, that's a big part of our, our yeah. game now, but that gives you instant empathy both ways. Yeah. yeah. Right. And as much as you hate to see somebody go out the door at Louisville, you, you kind of have an empathy for that. But then when you're recruiting transfers, you also are able to kind of, you know, break the conversation open with, hey, I, I've I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like to yeah be somewhere. And is this the place for me? Is it not? So. Is, is yeah. that true? Is it does it kind of create that empathy on you know in that when you're dealing with kids, whether yeah. kids on the way or kids coming in? Yeah, it, it really does because in hindsight, I'm giving them I'm giving them the real, right? I'm giving them, hey, yeah. I didn't transfer because go look my stats up. I didn't transfer because coach wasn't putting me in a game. I transferred because I wanted a better opportunity for myself. You right. have to know the difference. I knew what I wanted and I knew what I didn't have. Right. Yeah. I knew what I was promised yeah. and I knew what wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these young people, they have, you know, inside people or circles where they listen to, which is fine. It's, right. it's great. But I'm able to give them, hey, this is what happened to me. Right. These yeah. are my circumstances. Yeah. Um, why I left. But also here are circumstances why you should come if we're using mm-hmm. Google as an example, right? Sure. Better opportunity. 
five straight yeah. elite eights, right? You're going to be no pushed. What are, your what are your goals, right? Exactly. exactly. Know your goals. And I think the best thing about it is I transferred as a freshman that had experience. I'm not a high school student that's looking for the glitz and the glam. Like I know <laughs> so I, I'm looking for the transfers that have been to somewhere two and three years. Cause baby, you ain't worried about a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know what it's, I'm saying? It's a business decision yeah. at that no, point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No and I think that's that's why you know we've been able to be successful here at that. So yeah, it's empathy both ways. So definitely yeah. helped me on the recruiting part for sure. Yeah, no, I love that. Love that. Yeah. And it and it builds the relationship too, just between you two and, and just the trust, you know, the genuine right. trust because oh, you've been through this, so you know what I'm going through. How can I talk? And not even just necessarily transferring, but anything in general. Like whenever I'm talking to some of my players, I'm like, dude, I, I get it. I understand what you're saying. But and and you could tell their eyes open up a little more because it's like, oh, you understand what I'm going through. But you touched on it a little bit, how you end up going after college, you end up going into Georgia Tech. So right. I believe you were there 2013 to 2019 in various roles. Um, they included, correct me if I'm wrong, graduate manager, video coordinator, and assistant. Um, yep. So I don't want to touch on staying in your role and maintaining that role yet. So we'll get to that towards the end. But while at Georgia Tech in those various roles, what are some things that maybe you learned that help excel you at your current position? Well, and, and this one isn't on paper, but I was an intern there for two years for free. Okay. Wow. I worked for free. The internet that, didn't tell me that one. <laughs> that wow. one right there, that really, that really showed me what I wanted to do. Man, mm -hmm. I listen, football game, right? I'm an intern. I got to cut film. They're leaving to go to a game. So I get let in the building. I park because I don't know, like, I don't, you know, <laughs> park right here. Man, I come out. I'm in there four hours working. My car's towed. My wow. car's towed. I have oh no God. money um, at this time. I'm just doing personal training. I was working at Best Buy and like Dick's Sporting Goods. I quit my job at Best Buy. So I don't work many hours at Dick's Sporting Goods because I'm really trying to give it up. Yeah, you know what sure. I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, first Absolutely. Of, the worst, call my mom. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like. She oh. knew from the tone. She knew from the tone something was up. Yes, <laughs> yes. But go. Georgia Tech prepared me for every situation I deal with in the real world and then in this coaching business. Why? Because I really had to just bet on myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was there for, I was doing it just because I wanted to learn. I wanted to be around a program and I was betting on myself and every opportunity came after that. So I just, I worked like I had the job I wanted and that's yeah. kind of one of my sayings and, Work like you have the job you want. It was great. Okay. It was great, but it was sometimes, man. But you know what, though? Thank God for the experiences you had playing, right? Right. Dealing with some tackle dummies when you were playing and like going yep. through some stuff. Like, so now when you get to Georgia Tech, like it's it's adversity showing its face again, but it's not like you haven't been through any adversity already. All that did was just put you through the fire and purify right. you and ask you like, do I really want to do this? And then once that answer is yes, it's a wrap from there. Like, cause Absolutely. there's you burning the boats and like, Hey, let's go. Uh, but the best thing that did, because there's no money, there's adversity. It's your car. towed. you're trying to figure all this out. But like, that's when you get, you get home on those nights, you look in that mirror and you're yeah. like, am I sure? I'm sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Which, but, but the beauty of it is, once you say yes, then it's like, hey, I, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the most of this right here where I'm at, and it's gonna take me where it takes me. And you don't really get caught up in what is gonna be on the other side of it. You're just trying to maximize, you know, the situation you're in and be where your feet are. Absolutely, that that is it. Be where your feet are. Yeah. And I mean, that definitely will help, especially people listening to this, maybe the lower tier coaches who don't necessarily make that amount of money that there is. Because I feel like that's the biggest thing, even when it comes to like weightlifting, staying mm-hmm. in shape, any of that stuff, like you give up in that first month, you give up in those first couple months and you're like, this isn't it. And it really shows who wants it and who doesn't, you know, those people who are still lifting, those people who are still grinding and working. And I mean, obviously going through the next couple of topics we have here, it's going to show that it pays off in, in dividends for you. Um, yeah. But Kind of going off of that, then you end up going from Georgia Tech. You you you're now at Louisville, and um, you get an assistant role, and then go on to an associate coach. So your experiences, and I'll I'll do a little bit of the bragging for you, but you win two Atlantic Coast regular season championships and four trips to the Elite Eight and a Final Four appearance. Right. Just talk about those experiences being now at that level of what you just said to where you are now. And, and 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 JP, before you get to there, like, how did the Georgia Tech to Louisville? How'd you how'd that come about? Just that opportunity. It, it, before you get into the experiences gotcha. and and everything else, like, how did that transition occur? Not gonna like transparent. We got fired, right? We mm. got fired at Georgia Tech, and as as we all know, when the head coach get fired, the assistants go too. Um, yep. But I'm telling you to this day, I'm indebted to Michelle Joseph, like I am loyal to the T to her because the opportunity that she gave me. So Mm -hmm. we got fired, some things happened, which is fine, right? Sure. As a young coach, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know what was going on during that whole situation, but I did know my work ethic and my value. I knew the relationships I built with the players that were at GT. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that happened, fired, no job, <laughs> tournaments going on. Um, me and Michelle are in heavy contact because she just really appreciated me. Sam Williams, who was here at Louisville, an assistant, she's ne- she left to be a head coach at EK- EKU, and then now she's a back assistant at Tennessee. She had just been announced as the head coach of EKU, and they were mm. Louisville was playing in a Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Michelle, she was like, Jay, you know, if you see anything, if I know the coach, let me know. I saw that. I said, hey, Louisville has a position open. They're in the ACC. I'm always in recruiting battles with them. Sam yeah. Purcell was an assistant with Michelle at Georgia Yeah, State. Said, who's hey, now at Mississippi State. Now. At Mississippi State. So yeah. I said, MJ, what about Louisville? She goes, I know Jeff. I like him a lot. I think he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I said, are you saying that to say that? Like, are you setting me up? <laughs> what is it? Right, right. right. So go, you mean like, the truth behind point, the truth. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, because I like, man, later when we get into my story, like I'm in Atlanta. I take care of my younger brother. He's in school. I had other opportunities come with some really great coaches who I love that wanted me to start like soon i couldn't do that i couldn't take my brother out of school and try to figure out those things so sure i just it just didn't work out with those opportunities and i appreciated Mm -hmm. them but we talked to jeff she talked to jeff jeff was interested it was crazy because he he was i feel like i jinxed him and he said this (laughs) they were playing uconn 
like in the Elite Eight, Michelle's like, you should send him a text and just wish him good luck and say you're looking forward to speaking to him. So I sent him my resume. <laughs> hey, coach, wish you guys good luck. Man, they lose the game. I felt so bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's worried about me. And then coming to learning to know Jeff, that's not who he is. So that that's kind of how it happened. Um, that game goes. He calls me within the next two or three days, um, checks my resume. Um, I had, like I said, really good relationships with some players that had left GT. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hey, I wanted a position. I knew X, Y, and Z. I said, well, well Elizabeth Balagoon, Elizabeth Dixon, they were interested yeah. in coming. So yeah. it kind of, it just, by the grace of God, it all worked out, right? right Came on right. an interview. He told me, he, he's like, you just, you act like you're too cool. I said, man, that's just me. Like, but I got it. He wanted me to be a little bit more personable, get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm telling right. you, it's hard. You're coming yeah. to a program that got these final fours with these Hall of Fame coaches. And yeah. I was a little intimidated. So my cool mm-hmm. factor was yeah. not me disrespectful. It was me like yeah, a little a def- Defense right? mechanism a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so right. I met with the AD SWA and they love me and it was just a blessing. The players wow. love me. One thing wow. I appreciate about Jeff, he put me in a situation to where my interview was working camp. So mm-hmm. I had to work with Dana Evans. I had to get Dana Evans to like me. Right. 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 So obviously it, worked. It worked. Right. And, <laughs> and ever since then. So that that part was 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 really good um mm-hmm. now doug remind me what you asked me because that I forgot yeah, yeah. no you're good so i was just saying going into your associate role and all the experiences okay. throughout the ncaa tournament the trip um just about those experiences right amazing. winning the championships it was amazing mm. the experience that um at gt we just we were trying to get over that hump and you mm-hmm. come somewhere where it's the standard, you right. how they carry themselves, how practice is, but also like how this whole the culture that and the tradition that Jeff has built is fun. I'm not stressed out coming to work. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So it was. Mm-hmm. It felt so good. I joke with the staff because we didn't win the ACC championship outright until I got here. So I said it took me to do that. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. We won it two years in a row, and then the third, what, back to back to back, we won it outright, and I was like, uh, hello. (laughs) I'm the new person. So there's a new factor. Absolutely. It was great. The Elite Eights, the Final Four, I mean, that's a dream. People coach for 50 years, and they don't reach the Final Four. No question. So it's something that I will never take for granted. You know what I'm saying? It's It's, humbling. humbling. It is. It is. Like, I tell my, my friends, like, if we ever win a national championship as assistant coach, I might retire. Like I did, it. I did it. Yeah, right. Yeah, where, where do I go from here? <laughs> what are you? Because it's, it's amazing, and even the Final Four. Like sometimes people don't understand how that is, or even ACC championship. Oh, it's hard. You do, conference championships hard. so hard, so hard. hard. But it's, it's hard to that it's hard to it. win a game in college. Yeah, that too. Just to just to win a game. And that beat too. somebody this by is, one point. Absolutely. Hard, you know? It is. So I won't take those things for granted. It's been great. Yeah, I love winning. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, why would you not, right? Right, right? Why would you not? Especially you get more championships under your belt. And and the funny thing is, so this past year, not, not to really go into a full story, but like real quick, 
this past year, my college, uh, I'm an assistant at Chad. I'm a D3 school here in Pittsburgh. We win the championship. Uh-huh. My coach sends me a picture of the ring, and we're about to have our rings given to us here soon. I'm like, I like it, but it's not enough. You know, like, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it just seems like there's something missing. Like, we got another ring. Yeah. I, I, I don't want it. I want another one. It's just you get you start Absolutely. to get greedy about this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. No, winning is crack, man. I mean, let's just it call is. it for what it is. I mean, it's it's it, you know, it's, and and the experience. We were just talking to um, there's a, a a player that I, I was an assistant to Xavier a long time ago, and mm-hmm. one of our guys, uh, he's in the NBA now with the Magic as an assistant. His name's Lionel Chalmers, and we were just talking last night. He we recorded his pod last night, and mm-hmm. just the memories of like. We went to the Elite Eight in 04, his senior year, mm-hmm. and it was historic. And, you know, like, it's just when you cut down that net with somebody, Man. like, that's, that that's, you're like, it's like a, you're cemented. And, like, that's like a, that experience is just etched. It's like a, ta- it's like an invisible tattoo that everybody's wearing that's yep. never coming off, you know. So those experiences like, are, like picture, you know, you probably have pictures of it, right? They don't mm-hmm. do it justice, correct? No, not at all. Not at yeah, all. That, not at I all. I couldn't even cry. I was so happy. I thought I was going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why am I not crying? I don't know why. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about the next one. <laughs> what? Man, I'm a boo-boo probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so kind of going into like the next little little portion here we were talking about growing in your role um we'll kind of circle back to that and go back to when you were at Georgia Tech and we mentioned yep. how you were in various positions so talk about like and and one thing that a lot of coaches that we have on here and I'll ask the question at the end um but like how, how to maintain and grow in the industry and a lot of people sure. always say you just got to put in the work at the position you're at but um, if, if there was more in detail or if you have any more of insight on like, how do you grow in your roles? Cause you've been in various roles and grown at the same school for different schools. So it's obviously you're doing something right. Uh, just talk a little bit about the, that. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely disagree with that, that statement, uh, work in the, whatever you said. No, here's my thing. We, you know, everybody in this business wants to move up, Right. Everybody wants to be this, be that. When I, as an intern, getting my car towed, I could have quit, but I came back the next day after I got my car back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I did what I needed to do. Like my job as an intern was to make sure that the assistant coaches didn't have to worry about their film. So I took that, cool. Well, who's got, I made sure their film was done two and three weeks out. When I learned what how they really broke it down, oh, you need blobs, you need two, three zones, I can code your defense for you, oh, boom, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. That made their life more easier, right? Exactly. After that, I think when I actually, Michelle <laughs> offered me the graduate manager role, you know, I took on responsibilities that I saw that the assistant coaches didn't want to do or even um, – I knew that she was struggling with like small things. Like I know Michelle at practice, she would have four water bottles and she would open one, take a sip, get another one. And there'd be all over the court. So I made it my job every practice. She had four bottles of water. 
Yeah. Things like with, that people with didn't. The, with the marker MJ on top of the cap. Absolutely. Like. <laughs> he didn't even have to ask to get a water. It started right. to be a, a thing. Yeah. Right. It start exactly. like I noticed that she drank out of four. She drank out of four of them. <laughs> so out of four. He didn't drink all four. She drank out of four. Right. right, like little right. kids at a, like little kids at a family barbecue, like yeah, four, four glasses of Kool Aid. None of them, yeah. <laughs> None of them finish. Exactly. I, so things like that, I was very observant to. Um, mm. Coach Yo at down at Ole Miss. I, I was a GA when she was at Jacksonville. She was pregnant with her daughter. She came. We were playing them in the WNIT. I was a GA. She came down the stairs. She was coming through. I was telling her how to set up practice. They had shoot around. She was like. Coach Jay, can you get me a drink? I said, yes. Do you want water, Gatorade, soda? What would you like? She said, dang. She said, dang. I Like, I know mm-hmm. you, I see what you, like, you, you know what you're doing. You're going to be a great coach. And I didn't understand that. Right. I didn't right. understand it. But a couple years later, she told me, she was like, man, when you asked me that, I knew you were locked into making sure whatever I had to, I needed whatever I had to succeed. So yeah. that's one thing, man. Whatever role you're in, go be, beyond that. Yeah. Um, Work no like you have the job you want. As a GA, GA, I was working as an assistant. I was working like I was an assistant, right? Right, right. Um, in my second year as a GA, one of our GAs left and went to go play overseas. So then I took over a role that two GA, like two GAs would do. I was doing it with one, but I was mm-hmm. organized. I had managers. I had practice players. I had this. I was loving. Keep keep it coming, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Money doesn't change, but the responsibilities do. And when the responsibilities mm-hmm. do, you know, Michelle saw that. And then, what after that? That next year, my my last year as a GA assistant coach left. I got mm-hmm. moved up to interim assistant. I've been working like an assistant coach, so I had already knew. Right. Oh, we gotta sign. We gotta. When I signed, I helped her sign the top ten class. She didn't do that in like five years. Mm-hmm. I'm taking her to the to her appointment. She tell me in the car, "Hey, I'm gonna make you permanent assistant." I was in Atlanta. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> I was so happy. Right. Right. It it, it just because I worked like I had the job I wanted. Yeah. And when Love I became it. an assistant, same thing. I wanted to be an associate head. I wanted to be the one where when she. Is struggling, she calls me, right? Hey, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Man, I just I just studied what she liked and what she didn't like and what our players like and what made Georgia Tech basketball flow. There easier. you go. How could she yeah. come in to work and just have to worry about this? Because it's right. already done from exactly. my end. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would never like work like you have the job you want. If you want to be assistant, if you want to be a head coach, like today, I'm working like a head coach. I'm work, I'm thinking like Jeff. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I would say that I learned in my, like how to grow in a role. I would say those experiences helped me to be where I am now. Love it. She's preaching, the Doug. big thing. She, oh, pre- and honestly, that was great. Get the, that was get, the, great. Get, the off, get the offering plate ready, man. Put the, put the, hey, <laughs> come on. Right, some, right. Come yeah. on. Clink, 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 you can tell clink. you're passionate about it too. That's what makes it even more exciting. Um, yeah, but, people, people, people feel that, right? Like there's, there's no for faking. sure. You can't fake passion. You can't nope. fake love. You can't nope. fake joy. You know, nope. um, because those things. I mean, you know, it's like you can't fool kids and dogs, right? And you can throw players in that sentence. Fact. You know, and so they know. <laughs> they, just, they know. They know. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. 
Love it. And then one thing I kind of wanted to, and you touched on this already, but I kind of want to circle back to it because especially growing in your role, everybody's got to go through for lack, we'll say the crap um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. And then to be able to keep moving up. And you talked about working at Dick's Sporting Goods, putting in those hours, doing things you didn't want to necessarily do, getting your car towed, you know. Right. Um, but all of those tough things, everybody always sees, they, they see your name on the website. They see your name and in, in the highlights. Like, they don't know the struggle, the the ups and downs that you had to go through. So yeah. I know you covered some of the struggles already, but maybe, I don't know if you have any more stories or anything else to kind of add on to that. A lot. Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> Just so you get in these roles, right? I'll start as a graduate manager. Um, I made, you know, tax exempt, tax ain't coming out, living expenses, right? Live by myself. I made just enough to pay my rent, just enough mm-hmm. to buy groceries and pay the excess bills, extra money, none of that. But what I did do, um, here's a story I'll give you, right? So I had a, a 1998 <laughs> Jeep Grand Cherokee. And uh, I just didn't have enough. Like I had this guy in Atlanta that I knew, Mr. Mr. Craig. Like I grew up there. So Mr. Craig would fix my car. <laughs> Mr. Craig would hook me up. Mr. Craig wasn't available when my brakes went out. And it really wasn't my brakes. It was my brake line. And oh, wow. if you know the brake fluid that you buy, you pluck every day. It Brake fluid yep. costs maybe $1.89. So I was buying brake fluid because I couldn't afford to get a brake line fix to get to work. Imagine that. God got me. <laughs> I'm driving. Yo, I'm driving. And like, you know. Yeah, I, somebody I, could. Somebody you know, could. You don't have this. No one has this experience. But like, I'm driving, filling up brake fluid, and it's coming right out because my brake line has a hole in it. So yeah, somebody somebody could have been trailing you and just followed the brake fluid. <laughs> Man, <Yes. laughs> listen for like two straight weeks now. Why didn't you ask Michelle? Man, head coaches, they got problems. They got kids. They got things to go through. I'm not putting stress on her plate. I'm going to figure it out. And that's what right. I did. Um, got my, like So I was driving around for maybe like a, a week, week and a half. Please don't judge me. With just buying brake no. fluid every day, right? Find break wow. break fluid every day. So little things like that I don't take for granted. Sometimes I didn't have money to wash clothes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have wash and dryer in my apartment because if I did, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Right, right. <laughs> I was yeah, doing no. my laundry at the school. I was doing my laundry. I would come to school on Sundays, mm-hmm. clean up the locker room, make sure everything's set for Mondays, and I'll do my laundry, watch film, then mm-hmm. go home. Like yeah. it's just a, a sacrifice that I had to make, and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know what I'm saying? So, no um, to your point, people see that people see the end result and want instant mm-hmm. gratification. They don't yep. see. I hope y'all wasn't y'all wouldn't want to be driving by me with break with no break. <laughs> so that's just one thing, you know. I would say, and then you know, hey, if there's any GAs now that are listening. When the players eat, eat, if there's things left over, don't waste that stuff. Don't throw it away, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you're not going to be able to eat. So that was the beauty of it, working at Georgia Tech. When they get, they ate and we fed them a lot, I was able to eat. So I had leftovers, right? right. I, they eat on Sunday. They got Sunday, man, I having that meal all the way to Thursday. That's how much no leftovers shame. I have. That's right. You know no what I'm saying? There's no shame. I hear you. Like, I'm eating no healthy. Doubt. It's good. I'm Absolutely. not spending money. I don't have money to spend. So I'm understanding how to – you know, set myself up for success. Mm-hmm. 
So for sure, that's, that's a couple couple of things. No, and I mean that—that's the main reason. Like I said, growing in your role, obviously we could sit here and talk about like all the little things that you had to do for the coaches. But I feel like personally, nobody wants to talk about that kind of stuff. And it's right. great that you're going into it because it, it really shows the depth of this career. Um, everybody wants to just wake up tomorrow and be like, "Oh, hey, I know this guy. He's a head at a Division One school. I'm going to give him a call tomorrow and see if I can get a job." It, it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, I'm still sitting here trying to do the same thing moving up, you know, so right. but it, it, it's just everybody has that path and everybody has that story. And even people we've had on this call before um, head coaches, you know, Matt Painter, the head coach of Purdue. I know Alan always likes to say this, but he, he was um, driving a forklift around. And then like in your incident, you know, you say you're working a dick. Like we have all these yeah. people who have different <laughs> stories. Half the people didn't even want to coach. And yeah. now they're being high-end Division One coaches. So it's like the journey is different for everybody. That's why we really try to stress on that. But it, yeah. it's great to hear yours for sure. I wear this hat every episode for a reason. And it's, it's just like a subtle message to our profession. Yep, I love it. That like You, you got to read it out for us for people who aren't maybe watching it. No, it says there is no magic pill. Yep. And, and the whole point is is everything you're saying, right? Like – you know, it's like our teams, like how many teams very rarely do teams have shared success without having some shared suffering, mm -hmm. whether it's a losing streak, somebody gets injured, whatever it is, a blow up in a locker room after a tough loss, like you got to go through stuff. I mean, that's yeah. just part of it. So, you know, oftentimes careers reflect the past that teams go through. Like you got to, it just helps you appreciate things on the back end um but we're in a you know we were talking about it you know just a couple of days ago like you know our society is just That's we want it now just to have water you know my running joke is like it all went to hell when mcdonald's went to two drive-through lanes because <laughs> people just couldn't <laughs> wait get old. they just yeah they couldn't take it just could not it's take not it good. So, it's that so, old. you know just the day-to-day -day, the enjoying the grind don't don't yeah. despise the grind, like enjoy it, because that that's what helps shape you and it helps you shape your craft along the way. So and to your it. point, I just I don't know if y'all heard the story of Oregon's football head coach when he was a GA and he talked about he's like, we're in a doggy dog world. Everybody want everybody wanted to just have the great scout watch film. So, you know, what he started doing take out the trash clean off the whiteboards. He did the little things that no one yeah. wanted to do. And that's like, I will live to on this work. Like you have the job you want, but also no job is too big or too small. No doubt. And that, no that doubt. that's to your point. Like we live in a society today right now. Instant gratification is, Hey, I did this. So I should have this. Right. Nah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Especially for social media. I think that's, oh, that's yeah. a whole different topic. That's a whole different We could topic. talk two hours about that. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's uh, a whole podcast series. Grand my gear. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess my final question for you is like your playing career and kind of circling everything that we've talked about so far, going from your playing career, do you feel that's altered the way you coach it all? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. Only because like, I felt like when I was playing, obviously coaching was different, right? We, we could take a lot more. We were a little tougher. Like we, I played outside, right? I played with boys. I, I knew I was a little tough, right? 
-hmm. growing up, oldest of six, like I knew the the ends, the hard life. Yeah. Man, so playing, I, I would say when I was coached, I always <laughs> wanted someone to lift me up, tell me, hey, this is what you're doing good or watching film or, but I, I definitely wanted them to, wanted them to critique me. I wanted my coaches to, like I told you, I was pretty, I was smart. So I knew, okay, why are we running this in their plan zone? Like I'm one of those players and we all have those. Therefore you need a coach who's able to really dial in and have that relationship with that player. I didn't have that, right? Mm. I don't have, I played all those schools. I I can't call one of my assistant coaches to this day. I don't even have their numbers. Mm. Does that you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Right. There's one coach, Lee, Coach Lisa. Um, she's the head coach at Erskine. I connected with her because we developed that, but then she left. Mm. She was a volunteer coach, and then mm -hmm. she left. Until this still day, I talk to her. Like I probably have her number. Excuse me, I have hers. But anybody else, I don't. And I never wanted to be that coach. I never yeah. wanted to be a coach where the players felt like one, all I care was about how they produce. Right. Two, I just I I I was I wasn't sensitive to one how they're feeling or what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. um, I think these kids are really successful when you allow them to speak and give their thoughts on whatever, and you mm -hmm. actually listen genuinely. I think yeah. because of how I was coached, that helps me, that helped me today. And then, you know, the, the girls know, like, they'll tell you today, Coach Jay, good. But she gets upset when, like, when something's really bad, like everything else. But if it's really, really bad, you'll hear it. <laughs> but, if it's, yeah, it's but when it's really bad, that's, and they'll be like, that's how we know we messed up. Like, it's, it's on us if Coach Jay is really getting on us because I really try to be calm and transparent and talk things out uh, with mm -hmm. our young here. Yeah. And that's what's beauty about kids are like, they will, they'll surprise you too, if you give them a chance. And yeah. I mean that in the best of ways, like yeah, by, sure. li be, by listening, you know, yeah. by just, you know, taking a deep breath and saying, okay, what were you thinking right there? Yeah, you know, absolutely. What, what did you see here? Like to walk me through this, you know, whatever it is. And They'll, they'll surprise you and that that's what's great about this profession you know we talk about this on the spot a lot like coaches oftentimes get too much credit for developing players but players develop coaches too absolutely they, they make us better too and so and our better is just going to get given right back to them anyway so that's the beauty of that whole partnership you know of coach make player better player make coach better Yep. And then that you just continue that whole back and forth until, you know, they move on. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to coach some really special players here at Louisville. Kiana Smith, I mean, she was like me. She had to ask a question after everything. I could, she would say something <laughs> before I would put it on my mouth. I'm like, Keith, please. She made the best coach. Yeah, they, for sure. Evans, right. Those, those players, um, the young women I have, like all of them right now, like last year's team, man. That was, I felt like that was the best coaching job, you know, we could have done with that team. We didn't think mm -hmm. we were going to be in Elite Eight. Everybody, no one thought, no one thought that. Mm -hmm. But those group of young women believed and we were with him, with them day in and day out. 
and they they really made me. I grew, and um, yeah. that's what I appreciate about Jeff. Like, I know we talked a little bit about my role, system, <laughs> moving up, associate, but like Jeff allows you to grow. He allows you to coach, right? Mm -hmm. You come in with a mindset. Like I came here with a mindset. Like I'm I'm here to learn. First off, recruit, mm -hmm. boom, learn. Recruiting, yeah. got it. Now I learn. Now now I see and. That was that. So it's just been, it's been, I, I mean, I agree with you. Coaches, yeah. players help coaches, develop coaches. No for question. Sure. Yeah. For sure. And then, Alan, I mean, do you have any other questions real quick before we hop into our final segment? Nah, you know what? I, I do have one, and I, I probably already know the answer, but <laughs> your, your answer is going to be better than my answer. <laughs> when you wake up and then what excites you most about that drive? from home to the to the facility like when you're in the you know however long it is however long it takes you well, know some man. people it's yeah okay you got a nice little community that's solid yeah not bad <laughs> but you know like i just remember when i was coaching like that was one of my favorite parts of the day just that yep. anticipation yep. of like man what do we got to do today to like max this thing out just for the day you know, and so what what is that for you? Like when you, you know, once you close the door, put snap seatbelt in, yeah. key in the ignition, like what's that what's that feel like? It's it's a it's a living a dream. Hmm. I don't I don't wake up and like oh practice. Yeah. Right. Listen, because I know that it's got we got a group, they shoot every day at 845 every day they don't miss a day wow. and all of them are transfers wow what does that tell you that's the culture yeah yeah so that's for a, me that's a, that's I, a... I'm, I come in I'm doing my workout I see them they make me smile they got good music on it's good juice it's every single day mm. every single day like wow. today every single day so knowing that I'm coming to a, a building where it's this business is stressful you all know it, oh my it gosh! Can, it can tear you down. We've no seen, we've heard stories, but when you're somewhere where it just doesn't feel like work, even mm -hmm. my saying work is work. Like I love it. Like that. Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm I'm coming to a dream. Yeah, a dream. yeah. Long now. Don't get me wrong. It might be long, right? Things are gonna. Oh yeah. But oh, for sure. It's yeah. a dream. Like it's a dream for sure. Yeah. I feel good. No, and you got a player-led group, you know, yes. right? I mean, it's always the coach-led versus player-led. So a player-led group, that that right now, that you can say that on October 19th, I don't know what that means and wins. I don't have a crystal ball. My crystal ball is right. broke. But whatever, whatever that means, <laughs> it's, it's going to be something good on the back end. I've very rarely seen a team that had a player-led group that didn't get the most out of itself. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. it's just that that's just, you know, so the basketball gods look out for teams like that. No, for that, sure. They do. Know, no, yeah. We're going to get some, we're going to have some buzzer beaters and some roll-ins. Yeah, that's all right. Calls our way. We know that, it's coming. That's okay. As long as it's by one point. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> this one. This one. 
So what we'll do now is we'll cut to our final segment. Really, like we were mentioning before, it's three quick hitters, three quick personal questions, just kind of to let all the listeners learn a little bit about who you are as a person. And then we will round it up with uh, one final question and then get to our final comments. But all we're looking for is uh, quick, short responses. So nothing doesn't have to be anything crazy Um, for the first one. So and this kind of goes into what we were just talking about coaching. But if you could do anything other than coaching for a day, what would it be? I would be um, a music, uh, an A&R for music. I would go out and listen to music, find artists for labels. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That You know, I've never, that, that's, a, that's an interesting one, but that's definitely like, a, I, I like that. That might have to be on the top list for me. You know, other than being a singer. She turn around and go me. back to ATL and work with Jermaine Dupree as well. There you go. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Welcome to Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> no question. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll stay on the track with music. So do you have a go-to karaoke song? Mm. Yes. Uh, Drake and Nicki Minaj, Moment for Life. Yep. Wow. Okay. That was our final okay. four I'm... song. I said every word. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I guess this still ties all in, but like the biggest risk that you took for your career that ended up working out or maybe just a, a big risk. The biggest risk I've took. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Not paying my rent and paying a a WBCA membership to go to the final four, to be in the coaches, uh, coaches thing. Yep. That's a hell of a risk. I'll say. Didn't and yeah, I didn't know roll. what was going to happen when I got back. That's a great, yeah. That's yep. a dice. That's a dice roll for sure. Yep. But I mean, it's one of those like this is this is it. This is this is what we're going to do. And and again, we're sitting here talking to you. So, um, and obviously, <laughs> paid its dividends. Yep. And then the the final question we got to round it up, we ask all coaches this: um, your best top piece of advice for young rising coaches in the industry and um, how can they accomplish that piece of advice? Oh, um, I'm just going to say, stay consistent with the message that I've been saying throughout um, Mm -hmm. our time. Just no job is too big or too small. Work like you have the job you want. Yeah. Everything that is for you is going to be for you. Right. Um, You're in control of your own self control the controllables. Yeah, love it. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Well, anybody have any final comments before we get to the uh, final final closing here? Nah. Well, I just want to say thank you again. Like, like this was almost like a cold pod because like, we had no previous relationship at all, and right. it was literally it was a cold reach out. And so, I'm just number one glad and thankful that you responded and you were willing to do it, and you know. Uh, now that I've gotten to know you a little bit through this little avenue, I mean, I'm not surprised now that Louisville has had the success it's had. There's more to come. And um, if I ever get down that way, definitely I want to come watch practice. Uh, come on, man. Yep. So it's gonna be I would fun. Love, I'd love to do that sometime. So I will, I'll be reaching out for sure. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, guys. This has been it's been great. Feels like I've known you guys. It's fun. So I appreciate. Yeah. We have that. We have that effect on people. We, you know? yeah. Or is it? It probably is me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Because no, the no, titles sure. didn't show up. The, the, the outright <laughs> titles didn't show up till you got there. So you know, this, this thing went to a, this thing great. went to a, this, this thing went to another level. Not once you showed up. So it, it, it's the same. Uh, it's Louisville effect. 
you had on. No, no doubt. <laughs> this was great. Thank you. Seriously. Well, of course, of course. And thank you. Thank you, Coach um, Pineda, for being on the call and sharing all your experiences with us. We definitely got some great information for it. And again, all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And that does it for another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast. Again, I'm Doug Caputo alongside Alan Major. Keep working and keep rising, coaches. Our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball are here to help you take your team's training to the next level this season. Get an exclusive discount on the in-game changing features on select Dr. Dish Rebel Plus, All-Star Plus, and CT Plus shooting machines by mentioning the Rising Coaches podcast or let them know that the Rising Coaches organization had sent you just to get your exclusive discount. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.